Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show. Wake up. I don't want to wake up. How do we put a positive spin on this? Oh, it's going to be a great day. <laughs> what are you so happy about? It is time for another show. So, what do you want to do today? Who's ready to go nuts? You guys are nuts. The show is full of nuts. Full of nuts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Are we good? We live? Showtime. And this right here, it's your KC Show, baby. What's the word, Kansas City? A happy Thursday to the KC Morning Hoes on the show today in preparation for Election Day. Municipal elections, the general is this Tuesday, June 20th. Have you voted yet? I voted early. Went to Union Station because I'm a nerd to vote at the Union Station in Kansas City. It just feels right, right? So on the show today, as we get ready for Election Day, Michael Kelly and Chris Gehagen. Michael is running for the 5th District at large, which means everybody in KC can vote for Michael Kelly and Chris Gehagen. He is running in district in the 1st District. So if you live within the 1st District lines, you and you alone will decide that race. After that, the sweet sounds of DJ Die Hard McLean Johnson. I'm equal parts the ones and the twos. My guy is playing over at Boulevardia. So make sure you check out his sets. That's this weekend as well. A busy weekend. Rate, review, subscribe, do that thing you do, Kansas City. Back in your feeds tomorrow. It is a good day to be a Kansas Cityan. Absolutely. That's what you do, KC. You make it a good day. Every day. My name's Hartzell. We'll see ya in the morning. Bye. That creed. A creed at the core of every American whose story is not yet written. Yes, we can. The KC Morning Show. Back on your KC Morning Show, back by the popular votes, and he got that vote in the primary, and now Michael Kelly running for city council in the 5th district at large, headed to the general. The general is this Tuesday, y'all, and I want to hear from the man himself. Michael Kelly, my brother, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Hartzell. Final stretch, man. What have you what have you learned from day one to day now, whatever day that is? <laughs> what have you learned in this whole process, this journey that, you know, hopefully gets you to City Hall? Well, I've learned that there are an increasing number of folks who are really excited about bringing new leadership and fresh perspectives to Kansas City, Missouri City Hall. We've been talking to people all over the city, Platt, Clay, Eastside, South KC, Waldo, and what we've heard has really had the central theme of, you know, people are tired of the status quo. People are tired of the same moneyed interest having control over what happens with our tax dollars, with our infrastructure, with so much of what happens in Kansas City, and they want something new. Why are you running, Mike? 
because of my daughters. Um, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and I was raised with this idea that we're supposed to leave this world in a better place than we found it. When I look at all of the challenges that we face, I've increasingly found myself saying that I can't sit on the sidelines. If there's more I can do, then I need to do it. And so I'm running for city council because I want to do my part to try to make Kansas City a better place for my daughters and for everyone who calls Kansas City home. Let's get you in office, right? Let's play hypothetical, Michael Kelly. I love I love playing hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Councilman Kelly, <laughs> you are in office your first 100 days. Priority, give us the bullet points. Sure. So there's really kind of three things that I want to begin work on within the first 100 days. First is changing how we prioritize public testimony. The second is introducing legislation to bring ranked choice voting to the voters. And then the final thing is beginning work to bring forth legislation to ban source of income discrimination in Kansas City. At some point, maybe not today, I'm going to have a conversation with you about ranked choice voting, but that's another conversation, my brother. (laughs) (laughs) I hear everything you just said, and it excites me. And in doing my research for your race and also just being someone who's lived in Kansas City, I am familiar with your opponents a little bit. Tell us what makes you different from Daryl Curls, who's running against you. So the difference couldn't be more night and day. I mean, it comes down to tactics, it comes down to history, and it ultimately comes down to experience. Tactics, my opponent has been flooding your mailboxes and the mailboxes of your listeners with mailers because he would rather do that than actually get out and meet people where they are. One of the biggest things that he can tout is that he sat on the Hickman Mill School Board and pushed for the Cerner abatement, which was the largest tax abatement in American history. Final part of it is that he does not have experience, has never done work on the city council. I have, and I'm the only candidate in this race who has experience counting to seven votes and moving policies, plans, and projects through the city council. Who are you endorsed by, Mike? I'm happy to be endorsed by a number of organizations and individuals. So in terms of organizations, I'm endorsed by Pro-Choice Missouri, Casey Tennant's Power, the local chapter of the Sierra Club, Sunrise Movement KC, Our Revolution KC, SEIU Local One. And I'm also happy to be recognized as Moms Demand Gun Sense candidate, a climate-friendly candidate by the Citizens Climate Lobby, and endorsed by a number of electeds, including Councilman Eric Bunch, State Representatives Maggie Nuremberg, Eric Woods, Jamie Johnson, and Emily Weber. And for what it's worth, also the KC Morning Show, Michael Kelly. So there you go. (laughs) The most important one. Oh, my brother, too kind. You're far too kind. (laughs) What has been the the overall issue, if you can put it to one thing? I know it's holistically everything, but if you could put the pin on one thing this entire election campaign, the season, what is it and what is your answer to it? I think really what it comes down to for a lot of people is livability. People feel like Kansas City was a place that they could put down roots in, start a family, grow old in. And for so many people that we are meeting on the doors, meeting at events, that dream is increasingly becoming a nightmare. And so the way that we want to address that is by working to invest in our sidewalks, our streets, creating a more accessible Kansas City, helping to expand and improve housing choice and create truly affordable housing and taking real concrete steps to help fight climate change. Because it is not just about what we are doing today. 
It is about what people are going to inherit tomorrow. And what I have said consistently is that as city council members, we have to make the tough decisions today so that our children don't have to make impossible decisions tomorrow. Can we double down on that? Because I know in your day job, you do a lot with climate policy and, you know, just basic things are going to help make this planet last a little bit longer. What does that look like at the municipal level? What's that look like in City Hall? What can you propose? What can we actually do in addressing the climate crisis here in Kansas City? Sure. I served as the city's vice chair for the Climate Protection Steering Committee and helped to develop our Climate Protection Resiliency Plan, which will guide our efforts to become carbon neutral by the year 2040. That plan includes guidance on several different areas, so homes and buildings, energy, mobility, natural systems, food systems, and waste materials. So what it looks like in terms of just a few concrete things for Kansas City, it means shifting more to compost and recycling so that less waste is ending up in our landfill. It means investing in a truly robust and reliable public transit system that enables you to access the things you need for a good quality of life, like schooling, like childcare, like medical services. But it also means investing in our building stock and creating buildings that are truly capable of withstanding the storms, the heat waves, the changes to the environment that are increasingly making it hard to live comfortably in places like Kansas City. How do we make sure that as we are doing the right thing and taking those necessary steps of going green, becoming more sustainable, more efficient, how do we make sure that we aren't pricing our folks out? I live in Westside, brother, and I am seeing in real time Mm -hmm. the new gentrification, the re-red line that's going on. And I'm not saying that these things we're doing are bad. In fact, they're probably really good. But how do we also make sure that everything we're doing is also for the folks, especially the folks that are already there in their homes where they are? Sure. So I think for us, especially when it comes to ensuring that we are not pricing out people who have lived in their communities for years or decades, it has to come down to two key things. First is improving our public engagement process to enable more people to participate. But the second part is we as a city council have to do a better job of working with our partners in other jurisdictions at the county and state level to bring relief to the people who need it most. So in terms of the public engagement process, right now we do not have a community engagement process that actually engages the community. We do not invest enough in things like translation or accessibility services for people who don't speak English as a first language or who may have accessibility needs like being deaf or hard of hearing. We should invest more in that and I will push for that on the city council. But the other part of it is we have to do more to coordinate efforts with other jurisdictions. So on the West Side neighborhood, the city council was able to impose a temporary freeze on property taxes for residents who had lived there for a certain number of decades, but this is only a band-aid. And if we're serious about trying to bring long-term relief, the city council is going to have to do more to work with our Jackson County legislature, as well as our delegation to the state legislature in Jefferson City to come up with the legislative solutions that bring down property taxes over time and enable people to stay in their homes. 
And when we get you on that city council, my friend, make sure you take a look at Midtown because I love I love the streetcar. I love that it's free. We got to make sure we keep it free and keep zero transit at zero. But, you know, Midtown, those property values are skyrocketing, my man. So make sure y'all take a look at that. You got time for a couple quick hits. I got some folks here that have messaged in lightning round type of questions. You got some time? Sure, of course. Michael Kelly, what say you on policing in Kansas City? Do you support local control? Yes, I fully support local control. And it's important to note that my opponent has been endorsed by both the Fraternal Order of Police as well as the Citizens Association, which worked to strip Kansas City of local control all the way back in the 1930s. If you want someone who truly believes in local control, then I am your candidate. How is your plan different? What is Michael Kelly's people's plan on policing? What does it look like in Kansas City? So in terms of policing, I think that we need to do more to move away from an over-reliance on enforcement. One of the things that I think we can do with regards to that is by working to repeal low-level offenses. So one of the things that I was proud to do in my own work was repealing low-level offenses related to walking and biking. This included not just jaywalking, but also bike inspections by the police, as well as enforcing an age-old dirty wheels law that we had on the books. What is the dirty wheels law? I'm curious now. You got to break that down because I think I'm probably offending right now. <laughs> so Kansas City had uh, has a law in the books that says that you are in violation of city code if you are operating a vehicle that deposits dirt, grime, or some other foreign substance on city streets. Oh, yeah. I'm going to jail. <laughs> so what we did in terms of changing the law is um, we modified it. So basically... Any car or vehicle that's less than 13,000 pounds is exempt from the law. So don't drive a tank and you'll be fine. (laughs) I I was sweating pretty hard over here in that answer. Oh, boy. All right. Last one. Your thoughts on potential downtown stadium, be that Royals, maybe even the Chiefs want to move eventually. What is your thoughts on bringing a stadium to downtown Kansas City? As I have stated from the beginning, I am currently opposed to that project for three reasons. One, because there have not been enough community engagement. Second, because we don't know the full value of the project. And finally, because we don't know how it aligns with our priorities, especially related to infrastructure and sustainability. I'll say this, and we could bring this in because you've mentioned engagement. I feel like we're not even hearing an economist's perspective on this. I mean, literally hundreds of studies on this have shown that it's just not a good idea. I mean, if we're talking Mm -hmm. using public dollars, Michael, it's just a bad investment. So what I'll just say is that I'm I'm a big baseball fan. I I love the Royals. Um, And if they wanted to build a stadium downtown on their own, fine. Let's have a conversation about it. Let's play ball. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so the concern for me and, and a lot of people that I talk to on the doors is that, you know, we say as a city that we can't afford the basics. We can't afford to fund our public schools. We can't afford to repair our sidewalks. And it just seems so odd for us to say that we can't afford those things, but somehow find enough money to build a downtown stadium that's only going to host our ball team for 81 games a year it doesn't make any sense michael kelly before i let you go the floor is yours what's your pitch for yourself but also what's your pitch for kansas city my pitch for kansas city is that i am someone who believes 
in our potential. I believe in our ability to be better than we are. And I believe that the best way for us to reach our full potential is by bringing new leadership and fresh perspectives to the city hall. I have run this campaign, not because I believe this is a coronation, but because I believe this is a campaign. This is an opportunity for people to show and understand what they do and don't know about how our city works. If you believe that these are the issues, if you believe that this is our opportunity, and if you believe that we need that new leadership and fresh perspective on City Hall, my name is Michael Kelly, and I am asking for your vote on Tuesday, June 20th. Michael Kelly, he is running for City Council, the 5th District at large. He will have, quite possibly, the best radio voice in all of City Council. My brother, will you come (laughs) back on the show once you pick up that dub? Of course. Absolutely. Productive segment, wasn't it? The KC Morning Show.
for the first time on your KC Morning Show. He is running for city council in the first district in district. Chris Gahagan, my friend, welcome to the show. First time. Thank you, Hartzell. It's a pleasure to be here. I look forward to it. I feel like we have been in the same circles for so long. I've seen you at so many of the same events, but we finally got a chance to make this work, and I can't think of a better time to have you on. My friend, you're running for office. Why the hell are you doing this? (laughs) (laughs) I'm asking myself that same question sometimes. (laughs) I feel like Kansas City's at a critical point, you know, and I feel like our local government is broken. I live in the Northland. I grew up south, but I live north now, and I feel like this, I won't call it a border war, it's a river war. This battle between North and South is ridiculous. We need to elect people who have a broader view than just their own particular area. And I don't think the Northland's been well served with that view. And I don't think the entire city has been well served by that view. So I got to ask you that view you're talking about and anyone listening in their car right now, they know exactly what you're talking about. This actual divide by, you know, an actual body of water, but also that mentality, right? I go up to the Northland all the time. I talk to my homies up there. We are so much more alike than the narrative seems to be spun. Is that something that is a real divide? The folks who have been at the microphone for so long, they keep repeating this, so it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Does that make sense? Let me answer the first part of that first. So I'm an attorney. A substantial portion of my practice was representing school districts, and the primary school district that I represented was the Hickman Mills School District, which is as far south in Kansas City as you can be, which is actually where I graduated from high school. I graduated from Ruskin. So in the 28 years of representing that school district and working in the community there, I mean, the concerns and the issues that those folks expressed are the exact same issues I hear from neighbors and from knocking doors in the north and it's about basic services it's like our trash isn't getting picked up we don't have sidewalks we don't have curbs those kinds of things and so i do think there's a unity of interest on those basic core issues but to the other part of that you know i i think there's an old guard Mm um north of the river that wants to keep the Northland as it's been for years and years. And that is changing. The demographic of the Northland is changing. We need leaders who reflect that. How can we be more intentional? I guess, how can you help the council be more intentional with how we do look at an outreach to the Northland? I think the Northland needs to reach out. And that's why I'm running, because... Mm -hmm. You know, I was asked the other day at a forum, and I'd never been asked this, like, what's the very first thing you do? You get elected and you walk into City Hall. And my answer was, I'm going to go to each in-district council person and ask them to give me a tour of their district. Because I don't know what significant issues are in the third district. I don't know what they are in the fifth. You know, I've got some idea. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't live in a bubble. (laughs) But I mean, really, boots on the ground. I recognize that I don't know. I have my own lived experience in my (laughs) north of Berry Road part of the city, but I don't know. And so I would like those council persons to, to show me what the issues are that they're dealing with so that we can work together, so that we, you know, build a relationship so that when I say, look, we, there's some development we want to do up here, and this is how I think it's going to benefit the city, and this is what I think it's going to do, that we, we have a relationship. We understand each other. We understand that we have common problems, which I discussed earlier. We also have some unique problems and opportunities that we can work together as opposed to just bashing our heads together. And I think it's a really important time to do that. I mean, the Northland is, what, the, the fastest growing part of the city, Chris? 
It is. The, the Platte County is the fastest growing county in the state, and I believe that Clay is the second. And where that growth is occurring is in the Kansas City portion, and mostly in the first district, a little bit in the second, but it's really primarily that area, basically straddling 152. I don't know how familiar your listeners are with the Northland. It's funny when I go to forums and I talk and I start describing places of the Northland, people's eyes just glaze over. It's like, (laughs) I mean, there's more square miles north of the river than south. Well, give us a little bit of that audio tour then for folks who do want to know more about the Northland. You're going to be vying to represent the Northland. Why don't you tell us what makes the first district in district, what makes y'all so special? You know, why are you running? Well, I mean, we do have a lot of opportunity for growth. I mean, we do have a lot of opportunity for economic development, for housing. Affordable housing is a huge issue in this city. In the first district, which again, isn't the whole Northland, it's sort of the the north of the Northland. We need workforce housing. We need housing because of the development, the airport included, the new terminal and all the jobs created there. We need opportunities for people to be able to live close to where they work. Average, I think, home price in the area is $350,000. I mean, you can't afford to buy a house there. So I would like to see some opportunities to build some affordable workforce housing, grow the Northland, not just make it a luxury living part of the community. We had some folks here with some questions for you. So kind of some lightning round type topics here, Chris. Your thoughts when it comes to a people's plan on policing, our relationship with the Kansas City Police Department. Right off the bat, do you support local control? I do. I'll be honest with you. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it because I don't see a viable path for that to happen. I understand why we don't have lower control, but that was 100 years ago. (laughs) Not quite 100, but 80 years ago. I don't think that that reason exists anymore. And so I don't think there's a reason not to have local control. Open to listening to anyone who thinks that they have a way to do that. So on a realistic level, a pragmatic approach, knowing that, just being a realist and understanding the the demographics of Jeff City, what is your pivot? How can you and your influence on the council try to spur some type of change, some type of accountability within the KCPD? The easiest first step is working with Chief Graves. And, you know, she came from North Patrols. I've had an opportunity to interact with her, actually, even before I started running for council, developing a relationship with her and letting her know, too, that the North Line is concerned about the issues, credibility issues with the police department as well, to try to encourage her to have the department be more open, more forthcoming with information, and that they will have more support with that community buy-in and relationship. Not saying that as if I think she doesn't believe that, I don't know, but that's where I would start. Chris, what are your thoughts on a downtown ballpark, entertainment district, whatever you want to call it? What are your thoughts on that? Well, Chris, the baseball fan, and I'll tell you, with the caveat, I attended the very first game at what was Royal Stadium. Oh, wow. Wow. I have a lot of memories. My father died when I was 20. A lot of my memories with him are baseball related. Chris, the baseball fan, wants a downtown stadium. But Chris... (laughs) person running for council the first district of people who don't want to pay for it tax-wise and then chris the you know just concerned citizen of kansas city wants to make sure that we don't disrupt the neighborhoods that want to make sure that if it's done and i believe that the royals are not going to play there in 2031 i mean i believe they're serious about that and so if a stadium does come downtown you know it should be union built the union jobs that are out there the service jobs should transfer in fact All of the workers should be union members or at least labor peace so that they can organize. 
I'm concerned about the entertainment district that it cannibalizes other areas of the city. So I would want to know how, what the plan is to prevent that from happening. Obviously, it's impact on the surrounding neighborhoods. We need to make sure that people aren't displaced and that we actually are able to maybe build some housing so that people that work at the stadium make a livable wage that they can actually, you know, live close to the stadium and then have money to take their kids to a baseball game or take their family to a baseball game. You know, I spent 28 years as a school district lawyer and I served as the school district representative on the TIF commission. I've looked at a lot of economic development plans. I think I've got some experience in that regard and can you know, suss out a bad plan when I see one. Those are the things I'll be looking at. Chris Gahagan, before I let you go, I've enjoyed this conversation, my friend. I'm so excited that we finally got a chance to chat and I'm enjoying it. So we got to do more of this. Yeah, let's do more of this once you get that victory on Tuesday. I couldn't agree more. Chris, what is your pitch for Kansas City? I know you've made plenty of pitches on this campaign trail for yourself, but what is the pitch for KC? What is the pitch that makes you different from your opponent? You know, my friend, the floor is yours. I mean, Kansas City is a bright future and we have a bright future working together. I mean, I'm, I'm getting old. I, I mean, I've got two young granddaughters and I mean, I love this city. I want us to work together so that we can build and grow this city in a place that I am proud of and that when my granddaughters grow up, I can say I was a part of helping make it a better city. Where can folks find you? They want to donate. They want to just follow along with the last home stretch of the campaign. Give all the details. Plug the website. I know you know the website. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you can get information about the campaign and you can also make donations at Chris, C-H-R-I-S, for F-O-R-K-C.com. So Chris for KC.com. Chris Kahagan running for city council in the first district in district election day this Tuesday, June 20th. Chris, my friend, good luck. Bring it home. Thank you, Hearts Live. Appreciate the opportunity to be here this morning. Gone
it wasn't so Save tonight If I break up, don't come tomorrow Tomorrow I'll be gone Save tonight If I break up, don't come tomorrow Tomorrow I'll be gone Save It's DJ Diehard here, and welcome to this week's episode of the DJ Diehard Mix Show, only on XLTracks.com, streaming from Canada to the world. Tonight, I'm going in with a blazing house mix. I'm mixing together tracks that I've never put together before, and if you enjoy these vibes, as always, check me out, Facebook.com slash DJ Diehard and SoundCloud.com. Slash DJ Diehard. We're going in.